As we move from ski season to spring, it's time to get those mountain bikes out. Most ski families use season passes to make skiing more affordable and fun. If your family mountain bikes, there's a new way to save on those adventures too. Make the most of spring and summer in the mountains with Lone Pass, the premier North American mountain biking pass. Lone Pass gives you over 60 days of access to some of the best mountain biking destinations across the country. Use discount code SKIMOMS15 to save 15% off your family's Lone Pass today at LonePass.com. That's L-O-A-M-P-A-S-S dot com. Lone Pass is available in two versions, for kids ages 6 to 11 and the adult pass for ages 12 and up. The pass combines access to the most premier resorts, gets you into bike parks, and connects you to shuttle companies to get you where you need to be. It's the one pass you need to bring the best cycling to your family. Remember, you'll get two days at each of the resorts, parks, or shuttles, making the investment one that will pay off big. Remember to use code SKIMOMS15 to save 15% off your family's loan pass today. Welcome to the Ski Moms Fun Podcast. Each week on the Ski Moms Fun Podcast, we share laughs and lessons with ski moms ranging from industry experts to first-timers. Our guests share their stories and tips to help you and your family get to the slopes happy and coming back for more. You'll feel included, invited, and celebrated every time you join us. The Ski Moms Fun Podcast is brought to you by Hotronic Heated Socks. Stay warm this winter with Hotronic Heated Socks. They are designed to create comfort and warmth for active feet. And these Ski Moms absolutely love them. This week on the Ski Moms Fun Podcast, we're very excited to introduce you to our guest, Karma Brian Ingle, a Ski Mom from Ontario, Canada and the general manager of Maple's Labels, who ski racing instead of ice hockey, and how that decision led the family to a whole range of new adventures. Sarah, I was just talking with Karma. I was, I was stuck on the lift at Sugarbush for about 40 minutes on Headwaters. Uh, it's one of their older... And the ski patrol was below me. And they're like, well, we're trying to decide between evacuation or if they can get the part, you know, in time to, to fix it. And I'm like, neither one of those sounds great. Either there's like an old part somewhere, like in a bin that's going to go in this lift, <laughs> or I'm going to be zip lining. But they did, um, they did start it back up. They did shut the lift down after that. I did. Um, so, so I had those heated socks on. I was testing. They were fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm I'm excited to talk to you guys. I've been following what you've been doing, Nicole, for years, as you know, and had lots of back and forth about our kids and racing and stuff. So yeah, this will be fun. So, um, Karma, where are you talking to us today? So I'm at home today in my home office in uh, Kitchener, Ontario, but uh, I have one of my son's old helmets behind me and uh, it's kind of a, a work of art. It's signed by uh, about 25 World Cup racers. So it's one of his prized possessions that I was going to ask about that. There's a flashy orange helmet 
on over karma's right shoulder and um it adds a, a proper air of legitimacy to our conversation that's uh from a, a trip we took to to aspen in 2017 when the world cup was in aspen the last time it was there i think and yeah, my son was, I guess he was in U12 at the time and just chasing around town looking for, for World Cup racers to sign his stuff. So he managed to get a lot of them. And uh, I think the best one on there is Ted Ligeti. He was he was at the time probably his biggest fan. And and we, we happened upon him and he was at uh, a patio party for head racing and Evan hopped over the fence into this party and he, he got to meet Ted. That's so fun. Um, we were just, Sarah and I just wrapped up our World Cup um, episode and um, that's a really yeah. nice addition. Just how lovely the athletes really are to the kids. They would always stop so kind and just so encouraging to the young racers but yeah. so let's let's talk about you. So what what do you call yourself first and foremost? You know, mom, and then what other titles do you kind of give yourself day to day? Yeah, mom is the big one. Um, professionally, of course, I'm the general manager of Mabel's Labels. So um, that, that's my other title I go by. But I'd say my primary one is is mom, mama. Tell us a little bit about your journey at, at Mabel's. Yeah, sure. So Mabel's Labels is um, a kids durable label company. So personalized labels for all kids, things that go to school, camp, daycare, skiing, sports everywhere. Uh, a kid can lose items. Um, and so I think the brand was first to market in North America. So we've been in business since 2003. And uh, the company was founded by four moms, um, all related, funny enough, and they had 13 kids among them and just saw a gap in the marketplace for a great way to label their kids things way back then. And I've been with the company informally since 2007 and then uh, more formally full time since 2012. One of our questions for you was, how do you stay organized as a a ski mom? I know that your son travels for for camps um, and opportunities to to race and ski. Um, So your family, how do you stay organized? And what are some of your sort of trip planning and organizational tips for our, our listeners? Yeah, so funny enough, I don't travel with him when he goes. He goes on his own, but uh, which makes it even more important, of course, to have everything labeled because, uh, as you know, there's about 800 pairs of lecky poles in the rack and skis, the Rosie skis. So, um, yeah, so I, I just always of course, label all of his gear. Uh, I'm a big fan of packing lists, of course, not even just particularly for ski camps, but for overnight camps of any sort, I have always kind of packed him up very systematically. So, you know, this is a bag of stuff for your first day. This is a bag of stuff for your second day. And I've, he's always had like a Ziploc bag for every day in his camp bag. So as he's gotten older, he hasn't needed that type of, of intense organization. But when he was young, it was really helpful because I remember the first year he went to an overnight camp, he literally came back with every single thing clean 
He wore one, one shirt and one pair of underwear for the entire week. So after that, I very quickly learned the big bag full of stuff was overwhelming and was not helpful for him. So, so he is very involved in the packing as well now. Like he knows you know, there's so many pockets in those ski bags. And I think my biggest stressor with him going on, on overnight camps by himself is his passport and, you know, stressing the importance of keeping track of your passport, always put it in a safe spot, all of part, you know. <laughs> Send them with small bills, <laughs> not big ones. So <laughs> learning how to manage all of those little aspects of, of everything, of being away on your own is, is incredibly important as he gets older, heading off to college or university in the next year and a half. So he'll be well equipped after all of this travel he's done. Yeah, I just, my daughter just went on a camp, her first international camp to France. And one thing I did for her passport was I got her a passport holder and I put a tile in there. So I could at least track that. Uh, so yes. that, that was helpful. And then the other thing I did, which is similar to what you were saying, where she had a bag for for each day with a, a ski outfit, the base layer and the socks and all that. But I used, um, I ordered a bunch of uh, the zippered laundry bags. So then she could throw the outfit back in and just wash that and have the whole outfit um, ready again because you can just wash it in the bag. So I just wanted to share that. I know plastic bags or Ziploc bags are great too, but... Thank you to our sponsor, Hotronic. Hotronic makes these incredible heated socks called the Surround Comfort Heat Socks. They work with a lithium-ion battery and have light graduated compression with a heating element that surrounds your toes, keeping them warm all day long. There is a Bluetooth app that works for Apple or Android that you can control the temperature. So if you're popping in the lodge or going to be in your car for a bit before hitting the slopes, you can uh, bump the battery pack up or down. The battery pack can last up to 18 hours on the lowest setting. And while I've mostly used them for skiing, I've also used them uh, on cold, snowy hikes and standing around watching ski races. They are probably my favorite thing in my ski kit. I don't even think I could go out on a cold day without them anymore. They can be purchased at most specialty ski retailers and online. And now back to our show. We got your questionnaire back that you didn't start skiing until you were 38. Was that a typo? No, it's not. So I had skied maybe once or twice as a like late teen, early 20s. But no, we, I really started skiing when Evan started skiing. So when Evan turned three, suddenly like his birthday's late November and that Christmas under the Christmas tree, my husband had bought him and I skis and all the equipment for Christmas. And I was like, okay, well, I guess we're going to start skiing. And he just thought, well, you know, it's in, in Canada, it's skiing and hockey in the winter. And we got to find some ways to entertain ourselves and get through the long, cold winters. So we live about an hour west of Toronto in a very flat area of Ontario. But in our hometown here, we have a tiny, tiny little ski ski club, ski hill. And it has a pretty well-renowned ski school um, and has actually born, you know, a couple of Olympians over the years, which is amazing because 
the hill, you know, the main part of the hill is I think 250 feet. Like it's small, right? It's more of a bump. So off we went, Evan and I went that winter and took lessons together. And the next winter I said to my husband, uh, we're not doing this without you. You need to get yourself some skis. We got to get you some lessons and let's get out there as a family. So that's what we did. We all took lessons at this small little hill on, in, in town here. And, you know, within about a year and a half or two years, Evan could totally out ski us both. And off he went. And so he very quickly got into the racing development program there. And there, there wasn't a lot of challenge at that small hill. So we put him into racing to really kind of hone his skills and just give him a little bit more excitement with the sport. My husband and I have just kind of hobbled along and I wouldn't say either one of us is a fabulous skier, but, uh, but here we are. And so we actually bought a house and he joined a ski club, a private ski club about two hours North on the Collingwood um, escarpment area, which is where in Ontario, a lot of the skiing happens and a lot of the racing happens. So so yeah, we just ski recreationally and, and hope that we see him at the bottom of the hill some days, you know. Thank you for your, your recommendations for beginners, but we are trying to get women to stop apologizing for their skill levels. And you are consistent with just about every guest we've had on. <laughs> I think maybe it's my mission in life, Sarah, is to break women of these these habits that you're you're out there and you're doing it. And what a great example you're setting for your your son of just having fun in the outdoors and making the most of winter. Tease myself. <laughs> and I, I let people tease me, but I'm quite happy on the greens and blues. I don't need to prove myself to anybody. And I'm just out there to have a good time and, and get some fresh air and, you know, get a, get a break from my, my phone and my, you know, technology and just, and just to be able to do something with Evan. I mean, that's why we, that's why we chose to get into this sport, you know, to do something as a family. And, and my hope is even when he's, you know, an older teen and off to college, uh, he'll always want to come home and go skiing. And, and if we ever say, Hey, we want to go here on a ski trip. Do you want to come? He's always going to say yes. Well, I, I love that. And I hope that you're an inspiration to other uh, families that to take lessons with the kids. I think that that's such a, a fantastic bonding moment. And you probably had so much ample dinner time conversation after those uh, <laughs> lessons where you were comparing notes and many giggles and you know, moments of frustration as well. But what a fun thing to share because there's not that many opportunities for parents to learn something alongside of their children. So I think that's that's really cool. Yeah. And, and I love it now because when he's not, uh, when Evan's not training and I'm on the Hill, he'll come and he'll give me a lesson and he's actually a really good teacher. So, <laughs> so he's very patient. A lot of times you do have to, um, have more structure with single kids so that they can expand their, their horizons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think too, Nicole, there, there was a time like probably when he was around grade seven, where at school, socially, things weren't really clicking for him. And those were the winters where skiing just really saved, uh, saved him and really, you know, made him feel valuable and made him feel, you know, accepted and, and everything. He has a whole separate group of friends at the ski club and his racing friends are different than his school friends. And I think it just made him feel like, like kind of cool that he was the only kid in his school that was doing this at that time. And yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to, 
to the sport for, for that, that everything it's given him just confidence building and everything. So what advice would you give to new families who are considering putting their child in a race program? For us, it was really important to find a program that suited Evan's personality. And, you know, looking at the size of the program was really important to us. So, you know, there's some clubs that have programs with 150 kids in them. And he was coming from such a small club. Um, so moving into a program of that size where, you know, the coaches are really just looking at the top 10 kids, they're not really doing much for everybody else was really important for us to find a program with a coach that suited his personality that we felt like he could really work with. I I think starting out, it was just, it was really a way for Evan to really learn how to ski well. And for us, the goal of putting him in racing was never for him to go to the World Cup or, you know, be an Olympian. I think we knew, you know, that's (laughs) few and far between, um, especially from where we were from. It really was to give him the skills to be an amazing skier, to be a confident skier, to be able to ski anywhere in the world confidently and to provide him those skills. Because I, skiing is, is one of those sports, as you know, that's a life skill. You know, it really is a skill for life. I should, you know, he will, he'll carry that into well into his adulthood and old age. And so that was the goal for us. So I think really not getting carried away with the sport, just really framing it and putting it into perspective of what you really want the end goal to be. Now, what about uh, you? Do you ski mostly with your husband now or do you have girlfriends? You know, how do you fit it into your life? Yeah, I mean, I ski a lot with my husband. So we we become members of this private ski club. and And I don't know that that, that type of club really exists in a lot of places. Um, but in Ontario, there's there's a huge population of people that want to ski and a very limited amount of terrain. So in the Collingwood area, which is about two hours north of Toronto, there are there's one very large public hill. Um, and then there's four private ski clubs that operate very similarly to a private golf club. So, you know, member based with their own terrain and, and that sort of thing. And, and each of those clubs has a race program that feeds into the overall Ontario and Canadian racing programs. So, um, we ski, you know, we ski together, obviously my, my husband and I, but we've also made a ton of friends at the club and other race parents, a lot of other race parents, you know, you kind of gravitate towards each other at the bottom of the race hill. And so, yeah, we, we ski every weekend with, with our friends mainly. What do you do on those two hour drives? There's a lot of East coast listeners. Um, and I suppose on the West coast as well, where it can be two or three hours each way. What did your family do to pass the time over the years? Well, I listened to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Lots of family conversations about what we're doing and, and what our days are like and how our weeks have been. And when we do have the opportunity to go up all three of us, it's a great time just to have some family conversation and getting time to chat with each other and catch up after busy weeks. I feel like I remember a lot of Hamilton for some reason at certain <laughs> points, right? We, I think, I think there were ways to make that time fun, time together where there weren't all the distractions necessarily. Um, so, and have you skied in the um, in the United States often? 
We've gone a few times. So we've done a few trips to Vail and one to Aspen. Uh, I think my favorite place really is Vail. I, I just absolutely Same. love it there. And I think I, I know one of your questions on your list was where's your, I've ne- your never ever recommendation. And I absolutely love Vail. And, but Vail by far was one of my favorites just because as a beginner and a I could ski that entire mountain from side to side. I could get, you know, we stayed at Cascades on the very, you know, one side, you know, and managed to ski all the way across to the summit, have lunch, ski all the way back and just great, great variety of terrain there. Well, I'm so glad that you did not become a hockey mom. Um, So I, you know, hats off, hats off to (laughs) them. But um, I've got to say ski moms just seem so much, so much cooler because we can be doing it right alongside, I mean, not on the race course, but, you know, we can be out there the same day that they are. So um, I think if there's any parents out there listening, trying to decide between hockey and skiing, that um, it's really not a hard argument. It really isn't. I mean, like I said, that's one of my favorite things about the sport, just being able to spend that time as a family. It's amazing. And it's really become, I mean, it's changed. Evan being involved in this sport has changed our lives. You know, like we now have a second home and we've got, you know, we've got this amazing network of people and friends that we've built through, through the sport. It's, you know, provided me with a path for my retirement and just a a plan for the future. And, it'll, it'll keep Evan coming home and it'll keep us bonded and close as a family forever. So I I think it's, it's an amazing sport to be involved in. What is your favorite après ski drink? I usually will start with something warm to warm up. So, you know, just a, a coffee or a hot chocolate or something, but but I do like, there's this one little martini that I really have grown to like <laughs> called a snowflake martini. And it's, um, I'll have to send you the, the list of ingredients, but it is vodka based. And then the hypnotic blue liqueur and uh, some white cranberry and it's delish. So Ooh, I think that sounds delightful. And it sounds like it looks very frozen. If there's some blue yeah. liqueur in there, mm-hmm. Elsa yeah, and Anna yeah. would approve. Yeah, yeah exactly. Thank you so much for listening to the Ski Moms Fun Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Head to the SkiMomsFun.com website to check out our swag and find out more about our community. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Ski Moms Fun. We'll be back next week with more interviews and insights. Thanks, Snow. No one works as hard as a ski mom. With Mother's Day right around the corner, we want to remind everyone to shop the Ski Moms gift guide for the best ideas. These are the gifts we want to give and get for Mother's Day. Prices range from under $10 for simple treats like notepads to big splurges like a new boot bag. Remember, the big day is Sunday, May 12th, so you want to shop now to make sure everything gets there in time for mom. Visit the SkiMomsFun.com gift guides page or click the link in show notes to see our picks for this year. Make it easy for your kids, partner, or spouse and just forward them the link. Or better yet, treat yourself to something from our expertly curated Ski Mom wish list. Remember, visit SkiMomsFun.com and look for the gift guide page. Mm -hmm.